This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I am Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Whitmer. Hey, guys. And Dave Oster. How's it going? And last week, we did a reaction to Chad Ford's 7.0 mock draft. And of course, the next week, he's got another one. We're talking about Chad Ford mock draft Was 8.0. Was it really only a week ago? It was a week ago. Holy Chad shit. Chad Ford needs to slow down, okay? I know he's excited, but still. He's been talking to a lot of people. Nothing's changed. There's been no workouts, or at least to my knowledge, I don't think there's been workouts. There might have been private workouts. There's private workouts, yeah. yeah, at this time. Private workouts. So he's talking to GMs after after the private workouts and stuff and seeing where their barometer is. So now he's changing it because of this. But I mean, still, he couldn't have waited. Like, he couldn't have just like waited till like near the draft time. He had to put it out right a week after. Anyways, after that, we're going to be going on to more Nerland's Noel talk. We're going to be talking about a possible Hawks 76ers trade. Noel for Teague. We'll talk if it's a good trade for both sides, who wins the trade, if it does happen, and if if the trade should end up happening. And then we're going to round out the podcast talking about if KD can win a title in OKC. So let's get into it. It's only been a week, but a lot has changed in Chad Ford's mock draft. And we're going to skip over the one and two because this is the, the first two picks have not changed for They're a while. They're staples. Yeah. 76ers taking Ben Simmons and Los Angeles Lakers taking Brandon Ingram. And I don't think we really disagree with the players there. Uh, so we're going to move on to number three where there is a big change. The Boston Celtics, Chad Ford had them going with Jamal Murray a week ago, but now he has the Boston Celtics taking Chris Dunn at number three. But the weird thing about this is there's a, a report from NESN that Chris Dunn doesn't want to go to Boston. He doesn't want to go to the Boston Celtics or the Phoenix Suns. That was recorded uh, reported by Adrian Wojciechowski. So first off, do you think Chris Dunn is worth the value there at three, and then second of all, do you think they'll actually take him due to these reports coming out from Moach? Um, do I think he's? Here's the thing with me: it's between three and five. You basically have, in my mind, three players that you can take at that third pick that would be there. It'd be done. You can get the best point guard in the draft, or you could take Buddy Heel or Jamal Murray, whichever one you think is the better shooter. Interesting. You take any of those guys at three. Like, I had those guys Murray Heel done in my big board, but really, if I could clump them all together and put them at the three, I would have. Is that just for the Celtics or anyone at three? No, it's anybody at three. So you're like, those guard, are the best you three. value guards well, much yeah, higher I than mean, everyone else. We saw what Buddy Heel could do in the tournament. We've seen what Jamal Murray can do as a shooter, but he can also play the point. And then Chris Dunn's the best pure point guard in this draft. And the only reason to me why I can think of Dunn wouldn't want to go to the Celtics, they've got Isaiah Thomas. He wants to go to a team where he can be the guy. He wants to be the starter, the man at the point guard position for a team. And but that would, but see, doesn't he walk in already better than Isaiah Thomas at being a pure point? Isaiah's a fantastic scorer and an all-star, don't get me wrong. I'm not undervaluing that. But as far as being a pure point guard, a distributor of the ball, court vision... I think Chris Dunn walks in day one and can compete for that spot. But are the Celtics? I don't know what loyal, the Celtics will do to loyal, handle that. How though. loyal are they 
to Isaiah Thomas, meaning is there a thing where Dunn walks in? It's like, okay, you're the new guy, so you got to kind of earn yourself while Isaiah's been here. I mean, I think that's the right way to do, but at the same time, you got to remember, Isaiah's on that sweet contract, so mm-hmm. they definitely value that. That is, there's no way you're going to lock down an all-star for under three mil a year? Come on. Uh, there's no way I, I, I see that, you know, Chris Dunn comes in and starts over Isaiah no. Thomas. There's no way in hell, and maybe the only way he starts was be, would be if Chris Dunn played the point, and then they moved Isaiah, Isaiah to, to the, the two, two. Yeah. but then again, you're getting rid of Avery Bradley, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, so I don't think they would do that just from just uh, you know a balance-wise because Isaiah's not the best on but defense. But it gives them great depth. Uh, the, the upside is great depth, mm-hmm. and you're playing for the future. And true, with Chris Dunn, he is a pure point guard where he can go both ways. So, I mean, I, I see the value there, Chris Dunn, but, but with the reports of him not wanting to go to Boston or him not wanting to go to Phoenix, and, and then that also helps your your argument that he, does, he wants to be the guy. Yeah, yeah. With Phoenix, you already have Bledsoe and you already have Brandon Knight there. I'm going to throw this out, and I'm going to ask this question, because to answer yours first, do the Celtics even care? No. If the Celtics think he's the best player on the board and they're going to draft him, then they're going to draft him. But... I told you I wouldn't talk about Celtics-Lakers in our pre-show talk, and I'm not going to. But I'm going to throw out another idea of a trade. First off, do the Celtics maybe look at this and go, hey, Chris Dunn's here. Let's see on draft night what teams kind of value this kid because do we really need to take him or do we really need to draft a guy like Chris or Bender? Is there a team like, and the one I think of, a team that, I mean, out of us three, Timberwolves hate us for it because we think Ricky Rubio's not really the option, do they look at it and go, a different team goes, okay, let's let's reach up and grab Dunn at the three. Let's do it. I mean, I could I could see them possibly trading back if they if they don't want to take Dunn because of the reports coming out, or if they if they you know they like him but they they like someone else later back, and they also I, get more picks out of it, which is pure Celtics. Yeah, I, I would pure look at, Danny Ainge. I would yeah. look at the Celtics though, and with the reports saying that they want a superstar, r- reports saying that they want to make a huge splash. I don't see them giving up the third overall pick just because it has so much value. I think they might draft a player that a team might want in a trade and then you go might be on something. But what there, I'm saying yeah. is, and this is the reason why I think why I threw out the Timberwolves, and I think they would be the perfect dance partner, is you can make a trade with the Timberwolves. Timberwolves would I would T Wolves fans, you may say you like Rubio, but I'm sorry, I'm gonna take Chris Dunn over Ricky Rubio. And the Celtics can move behind the Suns. The Suns aren't going to take a Jamal Murray or a Buddy Heel. They're going to take a uh, Chris or a Bender. And then, boom, you get stuff out of that trade, and you get to take a guy who most of us have said, Murray, they should take at the three. Yeah, I, I look I look at the Celtics, and I think that they might do a, a situation where they're going to trade that or they're going to pick a guy that they want. So maybe you go Bender if you do want to get bigger because they don't really have a true big or a true star that they can rely on right. down low, at least from an offensive side. And then maybe you go get a shooter because, you know, Marcus Smart's great on the perimeter, but he's not that great, you know, scoring wise. So maybe you do go get a Jamal Murray or Buddy Heald who can score. So I'm not, I'm not writing off the, the, the trade idea. And I, but the thing is, 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 are the Timberwolves the right dance partner? I, I agree though, that I could see them trading back and I, I don't disagree with you there, but I think if they do want to go for a superstar that they will most likely keep that and just pick a player well, that a team would see I mean, a lot of value in. Looking yeah. at the Timberwolves, Wolves, I'll ask you guys, uh, who would you rather have, Ricky Rubio or Chris Dunn? I would take Dunn just because of the the youth factor. But, I mean, is but huge, for yeah. the Timberwolves, 
I would see them probably starting Rubio over Dunn just because Rubio knows the system. Rubio has played with these players before. Rubio's you know a, a veteran, and with a team that is so young, you don't want to have you know all all this youth on the floor that really don't know how to work together. With Rubio, he is somewhat of a veteran. He's I think he's the most veteran player on that starting would he lineup. Be, would he be involved in the trade though? Would Rubio be involved? With I don't think so. Trade? No, I, I would think they want picks only. I, I don't think the I don't think the Celtics would be that interested in Ricky no, Rubio I, just because I, you I'm have on that, Sean. just because you have Isaiah Thomas and just because you I I don't think the 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 Celtics are interested in Rubio. I would take Rubio just for, for the first year at least because he's a veteran because he's more established. Where with Dunn, I mean, he he kind of took he kind of degressed in the mm-hmm. last year in uh, Providence, and I, I wasn't really too high on him. I'm, I'm surprised that he is at three. I'm not, I, I, he, I do see the talent in him, but I'm surprised that he is at three. Well, let, let's put it this way. He played great against the non-conference, and then when they hit the conference part of their schedule, that's when the whole team was kind of like, whoa, we fell off a little bit. But this, yeah. Providence wasn't like a Big Ten team. I mean, if it was a Big Ten team, then I'll be like, all right, he's playing up but against But they were the best. still a pretty good team. I mean, they Fair went enough. to the tournament. Fair enough. I know it was a close game. Dave, I'm sorry that your team lost, but they did beat the USC Trojans. Yeah, I, I can care less about the <laughs> basketball team right now. Trojans are a That's good cool. basketball team. Anyways, another surprising pick, though, in the top 10 is Phoenix Suns. We talked about it earlier, and people might be confused on Chris. You might, the, People might have been thinking that you were talking about Chris Dunn. No, I'm talking about Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris, who is yeah. now at that four slot for Phoenix. And I don't get it. He's I, jumped up I, that I really four really quickly. Dragon Bender has been, you know, slotted in at that four. Last last mock draft, uh, Chad Ford did have Dragon Bender going forward to the Phoenix Suns, and now people are saying that it's going to be Marquise Chris. And I think what it is is that they need a stretch four, and this is what this is what Chad Ford says. Yeah, but they need a stretch four in the worst way, and there are three legitimate options in this, in this range: Chris, Bender, and Ellison. Don't but, be surprised if they choose Chris because of Chris's youthfulness. See, and I can't even use youthfulness as a viable just kind of reasoning because both of them are 18. Right, but Marquise Chris is more athletic than Bender. He also has a better outside shot than Bender. So I'm going pure upside here. Bender, we've seen a little early struggles in his play right now. I mean, Bender's Mm -hmm. a guy we've known about for years. He's been up and coming. He's been talked about for years. So it's not... A huge surprise. His game is we we understand what his game is. Marquise Chris, I think there is so much upside because he has the athleticism down low, which outside Bender, I'm sorry, he looks a little uncoordinated compared to Chris. Well, and I mean, then the shot is, is seven, better. He's seven one compared to the, the, six, the shot is better too out of Chris. So, but look, I see if we're Bender looking for a pure stretch four, athleticism, raw talent, it's Chris. See, to me, it comes down to the only reason you would take Chris over Bender is because Chris is a better defender. He's a better shot blocker down low. And to me, I mean, the reason why I don't like the offense and the usefulness, I kind of overlook those as real man. reasons is because I, to me, I like Bender better. He's a versatile guy. can be the three, the four, the five. He's a guy that, I mean, can stretch the floor just the same as Chris. You would take Chris to me over Bender if yeah. you're really going to value that shot blocking and, like Dave said, athleticism. Athleticism? Uh, really? Okay. He's more athletic. I mean, he's, he's much more that. athletic. I would, the, the, oh the, one thing, the one thing that works for Chris that is that he did well in Washington. Washington has not been a good basketball team for a while. And now with Deontay Murray and now with Chris, they did take a step up. They didn't make the tournament, but they were close. They made the, and they made the NIT. And you, you saw his play at Washington, and he did impress. Where with... 
uh, Bender, he only I think he only started like three or four times. He's been getting low minutes. I think he's averaging around 10 minutes a game. Bender hasn't really proved himself against the competition where Chris did do well in college. I look at Chris and I see, I think the, the major upside that he does have over Bender is his defensive ability. He is more athletic than Bender. But the thing I look at with Bender is I would take Bender over Chris just because I do like Bender's potential more. Mm-hmm. But if I do look at Chris, I can see why, because there's a lot to worry about with Bender, where with Chris, it's more of, can we just form him into the way that we want? Because the, 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 the ceiling for Chris, I see, is a, a less athletic version of like Blake Griffin. I, I see him being able to be a guy who can bounce around the floor, but be able to stretch it a little bit. So I, I can see Chris being able to be a top guy like that. But then with Chris, I also see him not being able to find his way in the NBA, where with Bender, it's just it's boom or bust. And with here, Chris, he can at least be on the bench, you know, his whole career. And with here's Bender, the thing, I don't think he, he would I think he would get really? lost if he if he really fell off. And here's the thing I also think about with Bender, and I'm not saying this as a direct comparison i'm saying this is a kind of situationally they were in the same spot i'm telling you what's going to happen is if the suns take bender at number four suns fans are going to hate it they're going to boo he could then porzingis it come out and play good and it's like oh oh wait wait, why is phoenix going to boo this we we didn't we didn't boo it because i'm going off of the same thing as last year like the knicks they didn't like the pick and then he came out like, oh, we should have taken Chris over Bender now. And then he comes out, and if he plays good, I think he could have a same kind of kind of a track as Porzingis, where it's like, okay, why didn't we take this? We should have taken Chris. And then he comes out and surprises. Chris has a way better shot. It's not I even think, comparable. I think there's Are more. You, oh, my I mean, God. No, I, but just for name recognition, yeah. I think there's more right name recognition for Bender than, than Chris. To be honest, yeah, Bender's been floating around for much longer. Chris be- shot up the board, and let's be honest, before this year, no, hadn't but I'm, really. I'm saying Bender's mo- been Bender's was a top pick at some points I'm, in mock drafts. I'm saying yeah. most people are going to be, you know what? Unless he's one of the guys overseas that's just tearing it up, you know what? Take the guy from take the guy from college here. Don't take the guy that from overseas. We're unsure because he had lower minutes. Blah 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 blah. They're gonna. That's why most people are gonna say, you know what, fucking take. We're, Chris. we're talking about his downsides. Those aren't like blah 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 blah. We're not like spouting. He's off just things totally writing no, everything off. Facts. No, I'm just saying. Say, like, let, I didn't want to say all of them again. Let last year, Chris, thirty five percent from three and sixty eight percent from the free throw line. That's really good for a young college athlete, and that's a stretch four. Think about that. Bender is shooting absolutely shit right now. Even in short minutes, shit. So I'm sorry, if I want a four who can score, who can stretch the floor, who can bring that three-point shot into condition, like where you have to play him, you have to actually play true to that shot and you can't just, you know, lay back on defense and not worry about it, I'm taking Chris. Chris has way more upside. Look, I've been a huge fan of Dragon Bender because I love saying Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender. But I'm sorry, like, I've not seen enough out of Bender this in the last year that makes me think that, you know what, this guy's going to be better than Chris. One thing for Chris, though, is if he comes in right away, if he's not able to make a shot, he'll still be able to rely on his athleticism to score at some points. Exactly. With Bender, he's going to need to rely on developing his game, and I don't think he'll be able to start where I, I don't think I don't think Chris is going to start uh, immediately for Phoenix because they have Tyson Chandler who's who's still decent defensively, and they have Alex Lynn. I think they'll give him, I, I don't think they'll rush him in right away, but yeah, he'll, Chris, he'll play eleven minutes. Yeah, with Chris, he he's proven himself before, uh, at least in college. And Bender, 
like you said, I mean, he just hasn't proven himself. And, you know, just Chris's athleticism might get him by quicker than Bender. I, I think Bender ultimately has the higher potential just because I think, you know, with a body that's 7-1, I mean, he could be like Porzingis, and we saw what yeah. Porzingis can do. But I think Chris, right now, he's the safer bet. He's the safer option, and I would probably take Chris if I'm the Phoenix Suns in this position right now. Another thing that's tra- changed right now just because, you know, because of the Chris Dunn situation, he now has Minnesota going with Jamal Murray instead of Chris Dunn. We won't talk about this too much, but do you like the fit of Murray in Minnesota? I don't hate it. I mean, we, we talked about... <laughs> that's, that's pretty fair. I don't yeah, hate it. I don't hate it. Look, Minnesota fans, we always crack up about them, but it, it's just the fact that, look... Dude, do you even watch? Do, do you even watch do you even watch? Games? Dude. Do you even watch t <laughs> Do you get the t in te- television? Look, he gives them an no, outside I shot. Chica- I live in Chicago. Chicago. So no. uh, he gives them the outside shot, which is something that Ricky Rubio doesn't have. That's not in his game. He hasn't developed it. I don't think he's ever going to develop it. Jamal Murray gives them that extra threat. He and can also think, play the point. Exactly. He can play the one or the two. He's versatile, and he has a decent shot. It's exactly what they need. It's a great fit for them. I think the thing with, with if they draft Murray too, they won't have to get rid of Rubio right away because if you, you right, there's have, no clock on that. Yeah, you can have Rubio be the point guard still, and and you have Murray develop as the sixth man off the bench and have him develop as a point guard in the NBA. You don't have to rush him into the starting lineup because I think right now with Rubio, Levine, and and it kind of seems like we're going back on this, but I think Rubio <laughs> and Levine right now can get you by as Minnesota, and then Murray's going to be that step up, and then that's when Rubio either goes to the bench or he he falls off. I think if Murray's able to develop as a point guard, then that's going to be the best fit for him. So I, I like the pick, and I like it better than than Chris Dunn, just because I like Murray as a better a better player yeah. than than Chris Dunn. So I think, I think about it too. Like Murray, if we do that six man role, he's going to play with some more veteran talent on their bench because you got to think about it. the Minnesota. They went totally young on their starting lineup mm-hmm. at the end of last year, so he's going to play with some more veteran players. That's going to help his game, him develop better than being around with pure young guys. And if we're talking about situation, I mean, if we're talking about situation, like we, we usually talk about it's not really the player that makes it, it's really the situation it's that he goes fit. into. Yeah. And with Murray, he's either going to a Celtics team where he doesn't have to start and they're already a playoff team, so he doesn't have a lot of pressure, or he's going to a Minnesota team with a ton of young players, a ton of veterans, and you know, a, a new head coach a, that's fucking phenomenal. A new head coach that's fucking <laughs> phenomenal. We all respect I mean, him, man. Jamal Murray come seems back, like... Come back, Dibs. Come back. Just come back to <laughs> Chicago. Man, he ran out of town, too. See, we, we, miss, we miss you. See, with Jamal Murray, I mean, I don't think he's going to be the best player out of this draft class, but, I mean, outside of Ingram and Simmons, he might be just because of the fit. So I, I love that. I love Ingram. Uh, Murray's fit in Minnesota, and I think Minnesota fans would love if they went to him. And there's only one reason why you haven't heard me say to this point, "Oh, well, they got to take Buddy Heel instead," is because of the versatility. I mean, the point, the fact that he can play the point and Heel is just a pure shooting guard is why you take Murray over Heel. And they've already got Levine. Thinking about yeah. That. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Because however, with Levine, I mean, I'm throwing out a reference here. If you guys haven't seen <laughs> the newest Game of Zones episode, you got to check it out. But it's the joke they make there with, oh, who's this guy? I'm the guy who does the cool dumps. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, Ricky's Ricky's higher on healed, but it's it's more that— It's the fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, the, with the Celtics, they could they could use a, a scoring shooting guard. Where... And, re- and remember, Sir Garnett said anything is possible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Another change from Chad Ford's mock draft at uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. We're choosing Buddy Heald a week ago, but now they have Dragon Bender, who has fallen from the fourth spot— do you like the fit for Bender in New Orleans? You know how I said that you take Bender if you're the Suns? Yeah. 
Well, at six, you fucking take Bender for sure if you're the Pelicans. Because <laughs> Too much value? all I can imagine is fucking Anthony Davis down low. Oh, Dragon Bender stretching the floor out big. I can I can just see it right. Them two next to each other in the front. You court. could flip it too, because AD can even stretch the floor. Oh, I mean, like, you got two are oh. still bigs. Yeah, you got two. I mean, that might be the the, the, the brow, next, baby. That might just be the, the next brow. twin towers right there. I mean, you got. I, I mean, I, I, different than the, the twin Four towers taste. in Oakland, but like you know, yeah, <laughs> the two towers. Let's go. The two Lord towers. Of the Rings let's go out of the rings. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think I think Bender would be a cool fit in uh, in New Orleans. I mean, I don't think they have enough around him yet, and I don't think it's gonna work right away. But I think if. But I mean that. Wasn't that uh, Frank the Tank out there too? Kaminsky. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of, kind of. Yeah. And, and I, the one thing I'm going to cut in to complete the Lord of the Rings. I mean, we got the two oh towers God. and then the one brow to rule them all. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, no, too much there. Anyways, no. the thing with Bender is we, we we see his weaknesses, but we also see his potential. And working with a guy like Anthony Davis, I think that's a pretty guy to work, a pretty good guy to work under. I, I think AD is pretty good if uh, if my uh, analysis has worked correctly. I well, think. What I mean, are they going to lose Ryan Anderson this summer? Yeah, Chad Ford yeah, comes that back. Up, so. Yeah. It, it makes sense. God, I hate Ryan Anderson from the olden days, but <laughs> still, you know, having having a big who can shoot the three is scary as shit. And yep. Bender, if he can develop that shot and get more consistent with it, definitely would be a great asset for this New Orleans team. And, I mean, uh, there's some people who can say that Bender can control the ball, so what would be even scarier is having Bender and Anthony Davis do a pick and roll. Just just a couple times. Uh. That would be that would be yeah. Ricky's reaction <laughs> was enough there. Uh, another and hey, it didn't make you uh, knock your headphones uh, off this well, time. Let's not get into that. We can never explain that again. That's a that's a different story for a different time. We're never going to say it. That's for a Patreon exclusive. Exactly. Uh, another change. I mean, he's changing this top ten like crazy. He had the Denver Nuggets selecting Henry Ellison last week, and now he has them selecting Jalen Brown, which isn't too big of a change because he's had Jalen Brown going to the Nuggets before. Are you shocked by Jalen Brown going seven? Do you think he should be higher? Do you think he should be lower? I know I know you Ricky's thoughts, but I just like my opinion on Brown hasn't changed much. I just I don't know about Jalen Brown. In the end, like he's in my discussion of should have went back to school, should have followed his teammate Rab back to the Golden Bears. I mean, is that more so for his development? or is Yeah, that, for his okay. development. I, I mean, wasn't sure if that was like, a, hey, he, if he goes back, they're going to win a championship. No, 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 or... no, no, no. Cal's not winning no championship. Hey, I, I'm Walton, just trying to clarify your unless, thoughts here, Unless Chief. Bill Walton's calling each one of their games and has a glockenspiel <laughs> on the sideline. But to me, no, it's Jalen Brown still, like, he needs to go back, he, develop his game. Yeah, talent-wise, like, there's a lot Develop his shot a little more, develop his handle a little more. I just, I... I I'm still not impressed from Jalen Brown. I look at that though, and Moutier wasn't the fin- finished product. Moutier was out far of away from finish. Yeah, so I mean, pairing two got two raw guys, it might not yeah, work out Mo- right away. But I, mean, I think it, Moutier, I think it might work out in in, in the end. Moutier was different because on the side of him, you could say, well, he went overseas and got that experience of playing some pro ball, where as Jalen Brown is playing just collegiate ball. So I mean, there yeah. was a difference there. Yeah, technically, but, I'm Moutier sorry. came from Pac- overseas. Pac-12 is still. Still competitive. I'm sorry, Chinese basketball is. I mean, you're gonna call it pro. The only difference I would say is hey, don't don't knock it. It's Man. the living experience versus don't the college knock environment. It. Don't knock yeah. it. Your boy Beasley. Your boy Beasley yeah. rocked it. Mike Beasley put up 50 <laughs> points in their All Star. Let's put game, that so. way. God, be easy was a god over there. So let's just talk about the talent over he there. He just hit his final form over. But there. no, no. Think, think about this. It, it's he's. Moutier experienced like what's like to travel around with a team of guys in a strange country mm-hmm. that he doesn't know. He's not familiar with anybody. Had to learn the language, and I mean that that's rough on a on an eighteen nineteen year old kid. 
So he comes in with a, a different level of toughness and maturity to him. Jalen Brown lived the college experience, was big man on campus. So I, I think that plays differently, but it's not necessarily the big concern here with having a lot of young, raw talent on that team. Right now, the, the, the point that even uh, Chad brings up is, look, they don't have a direct need. They're, they have pretty good people at every spot, so they can bring people in in time. And if you're not in a rush, you take the best player available. Here's the thing, and right before you jump in, Chung, I would take heel over Brown. That's all I'm going to say. The one thing with Brown, though, is I'm going off of what Dade said about the big man on campus. He said he should be a top three pick. So, again, there might be personality problems Maturity with Jalen Brown. Maturity is definitely the question, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad pick, and I'm not saying that Jalen Brown's a bad player, but maybe I do agree with Ricky where you know if, the next the next pick after this well, is I mean, Buddy Heald going saying, to the Sacramento Kings. Let me finish. And before, you know, I, I don't think I disagree with you saying that Buddy Heald uh, or Jalen Brown should go above Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald going eight to the Sacramento Kings. Well, all I was going to say, if you say there's no need for the Nuggets, why not take Buddy Heald over Jalen Brown? A no, there's no who, immediate need. That, there's no dire, like, we have no shooting guard right yeah, now. Well, I mean, yeah. to me, I would look at that still and go, fuck it, we'll take Buddy over Brown because I I think Br- Buddy could help any team more so than Jalen Brown unless you really need a forward. I agree with you. That's uh, that, that's plain and simple. I agree can, with can you. We just just because... bo- can we just bottle that up? Because yeah. I think that's the only time he's ever so. going to say that. I, think... I mean, if you let the man speak, he might agree with you more. But I mean, you have to actually not cut him off. <laughs> I would say I would take Heald over Jalen Brown because you know we've seen Heald's scoring prowess. We've yeah. seen I mean Heald's a four year vet at Oklahoma. Heald can lead a team. I mean, if, if that's what you want with a young team, you want a guy who can who can be a leader, but he's still you. I mean, he's still young. So I think I think with Heald, I think he's a better pick than Brown. And I, I guess the only thing that, you know, the Nuggets would take over him is just that potential of yeah. Brown where with Heald, you're not getting a finished product, but you're getting closer. Base, yeah, yeah. You're getting like a, an 85% a more polished. finished. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I can see why they're taking it, but I would just disagree. I, but I mean, maybe preparing two youthful guys who are raw in Brown and Moody. They'll line up at about the same time. Is, yeah. That's what they're hoping for. That's the end game. Buddy heel to the Kings, though, I, I think the the big thing here is you're right. It's he can come in and make that immediate impact to this Kings team and give them another scoring threat, helps them out. The big thing with this Kings team is, you know, seeing what pieces are they're going to bring back next year. If Rondo's coming back, then they've got a great backcourt set to go. If Rondo doesn't come back, they're going to need to make some other moves to build this team up. Because, you know, you got that centerpiece and boogie, and that's the big question mark with this offseason. My only fear... If Heal went to the Kings, mm-hmm. is is it going to be like just that's well, that's the end of Buddy Heal? That's the end of his career because he went. You to afraid the Kings. of like Ben McLemore? Yeah, like, yeah that no, happening? that's I would totally be because the Kings is where the Kings is where draft picks go to die basically, unless you're boogie. But McLemore was a, a, a young kid. Mm. Stauskas was a young kid. They're all fr- they're freshmen when they came out. The great thing about Buddy Heal and the one thing the reason why I'm hoping he comes in and he plays sound and he's just a solid pick overall is because then we can start making the case this is what draft picks should be. They should be a little bit older. They shouldn't be 18, 19. It shouldn't be a, well, we're getting this young kid, and you got to remember, it's kind of like Coach Calipari always says when he's like, GM's asked me, what do you think of this kid? Oh, he's great, but remember, he's a kid. Yeah, I think one of the, well, here's the thing. In the NBA, when you have a top 10 pick, you can get, you go, do you go potential or do you go finish product? If you go potential, you can potentially have a an all-star, uh, a absolute all-NBA quality player, 
or he can be a total bust and waste of space like Anthony Bennett. Like, you don't know, but you have to draft for that upside the, because of the situation. See, I think if I think if Buddy Heald was in that Anthony Bennett draft, and we'll just throw it out there, say Buddy Heald's a, a senior. pick. Yeah, if he's a senior going into number that draft, pick. he's a number one pick. But, yeah. but a player like... Uh, Simmons and Ingram. I mean, these are guys who can change NBA franchises. I mean, these are guys. No, like, I'm, I'm just up- saying, like, this is if he plays phenomenally, we can have a legit discussion about the one and done rule. Oh, I, that's what I, I was saying. I, conversation, like, if he, because really, Buddy Heald could be the poster boy for that. Because really, in my mind, an ideal situation would be have the same thing. Maybe not the same thing as basketball. Yeah, or there's football. Yeah, you know what? Juniors, juniors, and seniors can come out. Freshman and sophomore. His buddy Heal definitely wouldn't have got drafted year one, no, two, or three. Have. See, I maybe think, a second rounder in his junior year. Yeah, I think I think teams, sh- or I think players should be more weary. But guys like Simmons and Ingram, I'm not faulting them for coming out. I mean, these guys <laughs> no, are I'm, these guys are smart as hell. I'm going talking out. about yeah. more so like, those fringe players. Yeah, no, I agree. Like the fringe players, like a I'm going to throw out a Tyler Eulis or a Deontay Sabonis Davis. or a Deonta Davis or these are young guys who are even like a Chuck Diallo where yeah. it's like. You know what? If man, if they stayed a few years, what would they be like? The last thing I want to say about Heald to the Kings, though, is the reason why I feel like the Kings would have to make this. Heald's a big name. You got a new logo. You're getting a new stadium. Got to sell jerseys. Got to sell tickets. That's how you do it. See, with uh, picking backing off of just the one and done real real quick. Just I think if Heald came out in that 2013 draft, he would be the number one pick overall because he's a finished product. And those guys were like, you know. Are they going to be good? Are they not going to be good? Oladipo is basically, I think, the only top three pick that has panned out so far. Yeah, they're a bunch of good but not great. So, I mean, but players like Simmons and Ingram, they're, I mean, they're up there with, like, LeBron James potential or hype level. I mean, these guys are, like, up there in that in that hype level. So I can't really fault those guys for coming out. And the thing with the heel pick to the Kings— I usually shit on the Kings. I think Vex an <laughs> idiot. I think he's he's ruining like running this this franchise into the ground. If they don't pick forget, Bo- don't forget about that uh, Caspi uh, JJ Helkson trade. Hickson. Hickson um, trade. <laughs> that, he, he sucks so bad. Don't even know how to say his name correctly. See with I, it I, might not cost him anything though. You know. Yeah, I usually I usually because if I say JJ, you're just gonna think JJ Redick, and I wouldn't want to do that love, to you. Love JJ Redick, but um, with with Heald, I usually trash on Vivek. I usually think he's a I think he's a, an idiot. But the, what you're playing into is it's a big name, new stadium, new logo. What's better than getting a, an established name and an established name that's gonna help your team? I mean, this is this is the, a perfect scenario for the Kings, and I don't even know if they make this pick because I think I think <laughs> Vivek's that fucking stupid. And, but and you're we'll you're see. spot on because Buddy Heald's impact right away. That city would love him. Like oh, he's yeah. got to put up points and just absolutely shower that shit. So the thing is, is that he might have his his best years might be his first like four years. That's that's the one problem with the healed. You don't know if he's gonna if people are gonna solve him right away. Yeah, how much more growth a, is there gonna be? Exactly. We'll move on now to Toronto Raptors, who I mean made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, have a top ten pick. I mean, if Toronto can keep. Lowry and they keep DeRozan. That's a different topic for a d- different time. But if they can keep those guys and they're getting a top ten pick, I mean, this team might be set and might be uh, challenging the Cavs next year. But we'll have to see on who they pick. And you know, before this, Chad Ford had Marquise Chris going mm-hmm. to the Raptors, who we now love and I think we've loved before. But now, you know, now he's really we're talking about him being a top five pick. They had him going to Chris. Now with him jumping up all the way to. The Suns, he now has Henry Ellison, a guy who was rumored, or not rumored, but you know, Chad Ford talked about of being a potential stretch four. So do you like the Ellison fit 
in Toronto? Do you think he's a good stretch four option for Toronto? Well, because ultimately, I think that's what they need. I think that's their biggest need there is a stretch four. Well, the first thing I think of is who did we talk about last week? Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo, and I know who's that, not a stretch four. I know that Biombo <laughs> does not fit that same kind of player that Allison is. But the way yep. I look at it is, fuck it, you're losing a big guy. Bring a big guy right back in, and this is one that can stretch the floor because he can play next to Valachunas and won't have to play with Bismack Biombo. The other, th- the one thing that I think is totally going to change this pick is the DeRozan. Is if he leaves and they lose him, they're going guard here. And to be honest, they might have to jump up. Well, for, uh, no, no, not that. They're just fucking hoping that the Kings miss and the Kings don't make the smart move like you said, and drafting Heal, and they hope that Heal falls to them at 9. Well, free agency doesn't start till July. So I, I'm saying, like, if the talks before, because okay. you know that teams got, that if you're a good GM, you got your hand on the pulse of what your team's going to do, and if they feel like DeRozan's going to go ahead and split come to July 1st, they may, if Buddy Heald's there, fuck it, he's a Raptor. Yeah. Like, there's no way they pass on him at nine. Do, do you think they have to reach for him? If if they if they if they know they're going to lose DeRozan, do you think they try like, to make any play to reach for him? We'll see. If they if they know they're losing DeRozan, then I think that's a smart pick going with Heald because you're bringing him into a no, playoff I mean, team. Do you think they have to reach up, like jump up to make a play to get him? Um, maybe. I... Or do they just accept it and go with a power forward? I'm, they would I'm probably go with a power forward I'm just say, because they don't have a, a good power forward. Right I'm going to say something that people may not agree. I'm hoping you guys agree with me just because of how much I know that we, probably we love won't. this player. Yeah, It is a reach, but if, let's say they think, well, fuck it, DeRozan's gone. I think it wouldn't be a bad move to say, fuck it, let's take Denzel at the ninth pick. It wouldn't be terrible, but I think you could probably trade down. Because really, because yeah. the way I see it, and I don't give a shit that fucking um, Chad Ford has Denzel at 18. Really, to me, Denzel's the 14th pick to the Chicago Bulls if he's there. That should be the pick. That's what I'm oh, saying. God. So that's where I'm valuing kind of uh, to our some, Valentine. Some team may value Henry Ellis enough to come up and get it if they if they want to trade back, if, if they're put in that awful situation. To me, Henry Ellison, though, is like just just white bread. Like he's a generic. Like the picture they've got out there for him, he looks like he's like fourteen. Like I'm sorry, his gameplay. It's hard. To, that, that smile. Did, it's hard that to get smile. I just disregarding his gameplay. Like the man is white bread. See, with Ellison though, he kind of looks like a 1950 player. Like ah, oh, here's Henry Ellison for the Los Angeles Lakers. He could shoot the ball from half court. He's an amazing player. He's an amazing feet. He Don't actually played for the shot. He could play for the Harlem Globetrotters. He's a fantastic player out of uh, out of out of Marquette University. Like I, I, I got a really you. good 1950s announcer voice. I agree with you 100. percent I mean, like the, watching him uh, in the Big East tournament, he was he was he was he was fun to watch. I mean, yeah, he he did something that I think only Mello did in the past like 10 years. I think it was like 23 and 10. I mean, Ellison could play. He could, he could stretch the floor, but I I don't know if he's polished enough to play on a playoff team like t- Toronto. He might get lost in that in that. In that you know that that ways and with you know Valentine are are healed they might not get much as lost I'm I'm messing the way up I'm saying it but like mm-hmm. if you bring in a guy like healed or Valentine then you might not get lost so maybe it's it's a stretch for Denzel at, at nine if Buddy's gone but I don't think it would be the wrong move because you are a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals who is just trying to better their team and not really trying to draft. But for I mean, the if you're in that situation, why why wouldn't you go for a more polished product like Sabonis? Like, Sabonis gives you that toughness down low right off the bat. I was going to say, though, I mean, Chad Ford has Sabonis at 20. What if, by a miracle, Sabonis slides to 27? Uh, that, uh, that's like, probably that's not a huge slide, but, I mean, the, the, the Raptors also have the 27th pick. So, I mean, 
what are you going to be able to get? How are you going to be able to, okay, which which need do we need more of at the nine? If DeRozan's gone, do we need that need, or do we go with yeah, the filling I, a front court? I think it, I think they're truly in some trouble if DeRozan leaves, because then, they're, they're, like you said, if DeRozan leaves, mm-hmm. you got to hope Heald's there. If Heald's not there, then you're either pulling back or you're picking up um, Valentine ahead of you know his value point. So then, like, all right, so now we're at 27, and we're looking at available forwards. And you know what? Deontay Davis isn't going to be there. Sabonis isn't going to be there. Uh, who else, you know, you start looking at names and it's like, you're not in an ideal situation anymore. And I don't know, they, they might just end up eating it and grabbing somebody next best available player. But I think we agree that the biggest need for the Toronto Raptors is powerful. Right. Right but, now, as it stands. Yeah. Allison, good fit for them. I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. And then, and then obviously if Denzel is there, then maybe you take him just because he is a veteran in the college game. He might have more experience going to a playoff team. And just to throw it out there, I know I'm quoting myself here, but of course I had to double-check my big board to see who I had where. Denzel and Sabonis, not huge reaches for me, because I had Denzel at 10 and Sabonis at 12 yeah, right. on my big board. That was, that, I think it was, no, it was after the combine. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. may, may, this is just Chad Ford talking to execs, though, so this is what they're kind of feeling. Yeah, so, remember, this isn't Chad Ford's best fits. This yeah. is what he thinks the teams are doing based off of his conversations with them. And now we're going to number 10 where we see another change, and the last change we're going to talk about until we just wrap it up. Uh, real quickly, but the last change is at number 10 with Milwaukee Bucks. He had Jacoperto going to the Bucks at 10, and now he has Deontay Murray from Washington going to Milwaukee at 10. Washington, I told you they were coming up, two top 10 picks in this draft. Do you think this is a good pick for Milwaukee? Because in here he says Jason Kidd's looking for a point guard, but I thought the whole thing was Giannis is going to play the point. So first off, <laughs> do you think that Deontay Murray is a good fit, or do you think it's a huge st- stretch for the 10 overall pick to go with Murray? Well, it's really, to me, at this spot, there's two point guards you're looking at. You're either looking at Deontay Murray or you're looking at Wade Baldwin, the fourth. And the thing for me is, I really, it's kind of like apples and oranges to me. You can take either or, depending on which one you feel is better. However, and I'm going to kind of promote behind the pen, uh, Mike Rankin had a guy on, I think his name was Drew, talking about Bulls draft, and he mentioned Wade Baldwin and had a great discussion about Wade Baldwin, how he really liked what Baldwin is, and he could develop, not even develop, could be one of the best guards to come out of this draft at the point guard position. See, if if I look at my draft, though, Murray was in my top 20, and I think uh, Baldwin was right behind him. I have Euless higher, and I have Demetrius Jackson higher. I, I think Whoa. I think Murray is great. Well, you just love that Notre Dame connection. Though. Yeah, I, I, I think Murray's great, and I think Murray has a lot of potential. I think 10 is a stretch for him. But, I mean, if this is what Milwaukee really wants in a point guard, then maybe it's the best bet because he has the most potential out of the guards available again but, top 10 pick talking potential we're not talking best polished player it's, it's he's a freshman we've seen a little bit of him so we have to make that you know snap judgment does he have the chance to get much better i think murray does i think he's got a lot of growth left in him another thing that he says though is another dark horse to this pick thon maker hammond hit a Ugh. home run by taking relatively unknown giannis Antetokounmpo. could he swing for the fences again i would think that thon maker would actually make more sense or, or, or not down maker, but a player who is who, who could be down, who could play down low. Because Monroe, the, the the experiment did not work out. It did not work out, and mm-hmm. I don't think it was that good of an idea to have you know to have Greg Monroe there. I think you need. That was such a, a surprise big... when they when they paid up the cash for Monroe. I was like, really? The the Bucks want yeah. Monroe? What? 
But I, no, I think Thon would be interesting. I still think it's a huge reach. I, I, I don't think Thon's value is that high anymore. I think it was his initial announcement was like, oh, off the fucking charts. And now it's pretty much died down again. I, I mean, he, Thon Maker's actually creeping up on his board, though. He went from no. 23 all the way to 19. No, screw you. He's creeping up. I refuse to acknowledge the Thon Maker people. I like I like, I like, like the Thon Maker idea there just because, if we're, again, we're, again, we're talking about potential. I mean, Murray's yeah. a stretch here, too. In my opinion, well, Murray's a stretch here. But Murray's, we've seen Murray play against college talent. True. Mm-hmm. We've seen Thon Maker play against high schoolers. True. <laughs> Well, and I mean the one thing and with Murray, it is clear potential. And I'm looking at my big board. I am 26th at the time. I had Thon Maker 24, Baldwin 25, Murray 26. So they're all right there. Yeah, I, I really think, low. You know what? The, the big slap in the face here is to Michael Carter Williams, though. So you got another team who doesn't <laughs> want sucks. him. He sucks. You know, the, the, the rookie, was he, did he get rookie of the year? Yeah, rookie of the year. Yeah, rookie of the year to uh, trade it and then just passed over. The man can put up some points. He's an average player, though. And at the end of the day, he's not going to win you anything. He's well, he's kind of like, he's kind of Henry Ellison to me. He's, he's oh, white no, bread. No. He's, he's beyond white bread. He's boring to me. Huh. One guy I want to throw out there to kind of the point guard. I don't think that, like, I'm not saying that this guy's uh, should be taken with the 10th pick, but he's now a guy that Chad Ford has at 24 point guard. Tyler Eulis, like, why is he falling so much in my mind? I'm thinking, like, because if I'm at 14, I'm sitting there thinking the Bulls should take him. So, I mean, I know that 10 is a little bit higher in that top 10. I don't think Eulis is that kind of a, like, I don't know if I'd take him in the top 10, but he's a guy that I would take above Murray and Baldwin. Eulis fell nine spots from 15. So, I mean, he he completely fell off. So, I don't know what Eulis is. I mean, I guess his, I, I guess his main weakness is, is his size. I mean, is that is that the one That the doesn't one deter me at all. Yeah. yeah say, it doesn't deter me at all. After seeing stars like Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas, Derek Rose come in this league, slashers who can get in the paint and are dangerous. You know, the, funny, the, the one concern I have with him, if he, you know, landing to the 76ers like Chad has here, mm-hmm. is, you know, he's been on a winning team in Kentucky. Going from a winning team to an absolute dumpster fire that the 76ers are, like, that hurts players psychologically a lot. That can However, set you back. though, with the Sixers, if they're able to make a trade with either Noel or Okafor, add some young talent. You got Ben Simmons coming in. They, I mean, I think, I they think have the potential great. to just change their kind of philosophy, their kind of attitude coming into the season. A complete I think, I think it's a great thing for the 76ers to get someone like Tyler Ulis if he falls all the way to 24. I'm just saying, like, for a guy like Ulis who was in that winning program in Kentucky, mm-hmm. going to the 76ers, I mean, it's it's going to be a step back for him. But he's playing with people about the same age as him again. So, that, so it's that basically won't change like too you're much. playing with a, the team you'd be playing with in college. Yeah. See, but he went, he went to Marion Catholic, which is which is in Chicago, and he was he he never won anything in the high school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was the star of that team. I mean, clearly, I mean, he, no, he, he was, was the SEC SEC player of the year uh, for Gats. I mean, the kid the kid lit it up in high school, but I don't think he, he won anything in in high school. I don't think he actually did well. Uh, his Marion Catholic did well in high school, so I mean, he's been on a situation before where his team didn't really succeed. Yeah, ten wins though. Ten wins, man. Yeah, but I mean, you're also getting Ben Simmons. You're adding Tyler Eulis. You're probably going to add some free agents. I don't think Eulis would be totally screwed, and I don't think he would. He would be deterred that much because it's it's like it's just a hit psychologically to go from you know it is that, that prestige of Kentucky to like the 76ers. It is, but it, but then again with Eulis, I don't see there's a personality problem. With no, him. I, I don't actually, think I, I like him. I think he's got a huge yeah. motor. I, I I think he'd be fine going to, to Philadelphia. What's your what's your one surprise pick? Is I'm guessing that your Eulis pick is the surprise pick. Mm. Kind of, but my bigger <laughs> surprise 
I'm, I'm still so- salty. I'm sorry, guys. I bring this up every week, so why, why I get okay? I get <laughs> why I get why? I get I get that we're losing Pa. I get that we may lose Noah. However, there's some articles that say we are. Some articles that say we're not. But why the fuck are we going Dion? Like pick any. Like if you're gonna go big, pick a big. But why fucking Deontay Davis? I don't like him. If me, I was the Bulls, fuck it. I'm going Sabonis at 14 if I really want a big. Because maybe it's because we saw him in person, and I fucking love him in person. But I'm going (laughs) Sabonis over Deontay Davis. But really, I'm going Tyler Eulis or Denzel over anybody. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Dave, this is me off. Dave, what's, what's your You're one surprise pick? I'm tons of salt. Honestly, it's not even a surprise. I just like the fit now that now that's available. Is uh, at 29 the Spurs grabbing up uh, Demetrius Jackson? I think that's fantastic. I think the Spurs were exposed for having old aging guards. Uh, they're not what they used to be, and, and some youth in that position. I think Jackson would be a fantastic fit for this team. Yeah, I mean, Jackson's a hard-nosed player, and I love him because he's from Notre Dame. And uh, I think that's a good fit for the Spurs. I mean, will will he will he really succeed? I don't know, but I think he could be a good player for the Spurs. And plus, he's working with one of the best uh, best coaches in the league, and probably the best coach in the league. I would yeah, say one of the best. Yeah, it's a organization overall. Yeah, top so bottom, I, think, I think DJ's a good fit there. The one surprising thing is that Ben Bensel fell all out of the first round. That's yeah. that's completely surprising to me. A guy like Damian Jones However, from Vanderbilt, he should not be in the top top thirty. He should not be there. I I, I don't think Juan Hernan Gomez should be there in the in the top thirty. Ben Bensel should be in the top twenty five. I mean this this kid is legitimate player. He's going to be fantastic. I think Ben Bentel should be up there. And another one that I, I do well, like before, before you before you get into that, I just want to say what the Ben Bentel is. I got to throw him out here because yeah. he's not here to speak for himself, but. On the Primetime Podcast, Brandon did say that Bento was the number one guy that he thought should have stayed in school, should have went back to Providence. Okay, but is that because— w- w- To what? develop his game. The same thing he that I said about He scored 20 fucking Jaylen points in Brown. college. And if then, you look at his shooting, he was good shooting from and deep. this is one thing that Brandon said way back ago when we did this is— he could come out. Yeah, right now he's in the first, but he could fall into that second round. So you're more saying you come back and be a for sure first? Yep. Mm-hmm. I could see that, but I mean, this kid's talent level. I mean, well, and that's why I'm just throwing out there that that it's funny that you say that. And I just think back to having the conversation with Brandon and him thinking that Ben Bentel should have went back to school. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about Bentel real quick because shooting 78% from the free throw line. We talked about that before, how that is it's basically yeah, it's basically a precursor to what you're going to do shooting-wise in the NBA. 78% is ridiculous. He increased his three-point percentage. 32% is not great, but he did increase it from 30% to 32%. Averaging 21 points per game, seven rebounds, near a block a game, almost a steal a game. Ben Bentel's a top a first round pick, and if anyone doesn't take him, and whoever's taken him in the first or second round, if it's the Sixers taking him in the second round, steal. fucking give him twenty wins just because of that. If you're getting Simmons, Eulis, and Bentel, fucking twenty wins for the Sixers. Did, I don't give did a you, shit. Did you just put a plus ten wins above replacement on Ben Bentel? No, on on Simmons, Eulis, and oh, Bentel. Okay, Perry. okay, okay. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not wait, saying wait, that. I'm like, wait a second. You're eating no, ten no. wins. Ben Bentel. Just with Bentel. Bentel's, hey, Bentel's number one overall. NBA for, Finals for the 76ers because <laughs> of Ben Bentel. <laughs> no, I love the guy. I think he's fan. I think he's fantastic. I think like you're right. He already had a fantastic job, fantastic career in college, but it, it's that lack of upside. People think that okay, you did this at a small school in Providence. We've seen. Plus, you had. Another NBA level talent with you there, and that kind of I want to say devalues you. The best, but the best point guard in this draft. But it does 
give you a knock against him. True, but I mean, he still did. It, it's playing. I mean, I mean it's kind of like taking down Draymond Green. Is Draymond Green? Uh, uh, can Draymond Green succeed on his own? Is Draymond Green dirty as shit? Yes. Okay, but can Draymond Green succeed on his own? We don't know because he has Steph Curry. Well, but we'll is, probably we'll all find is out. Draymond yeah. Green still succeeding and being one of the best yep. players in, in Golden State? Yes. So I mean, that's kind of what I see with Bentel. He did have one great player next to him, but he still succeeded. So you're still calling did a good him job. the yeah. next the next Draymond Green? No, I'm, no. Just, I'm just trying to say that he he's okay. not succeeding because of Chris Dunn. He's just. He's he's doing well with a, another player around. I'm not and saying then he's Dave be automatically hates him because Dave. No, I like Ben Bento. We talked about this. <laughs> I, 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 I wish Sean I'm stop, stop, Dave. Stop I'm making the joke that because we compare him to Draymond, you're gonna think he's just because just because Draymond in the last you know four months has figured out that he can kick his hey, legs really high and I, I, that's I, a natural motion. Rather We're have Draymond than Delhi. Talking about mock drafts. Rather have him than Delhi. We're talking dirty piece of shit. Talking about because Draymond actually connected. So did, so did Delhi. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Yeah, he We're did. talking mock drafts. Yeah, We're talking did. mock drafts. We're talking mock drafts. Uh, the final pick that surprised me, I like Atlanta going with Malachi Richardson. I think he should be higher. I think 21's a steal for him. I think he's a you fantastic player. You just like Malachi. Player. You love Malachi. Yeah, that's what I said. The, the three goggles? I think he's, I think he's fantastic. I think Malachi's does. fantastic, and he should be a top 20 pick. I, think, I love Malachi. I love his potential. Ever talking potential, I think he's one of the I think he's one of the highest kids with potential. I think I think he should be a top 15 pick. I don't Maybe not a top 15 pick you know, fit-wise, but I think he's top 15 potential-wise. Now we got to move on because we went 50 minutes talking about Chad Ford mock draft. That's great. We, That's great conversation. If, if we're if we're looking at this, we looked we talked we're, we're like complaining, oh it's been a week since he put one out. We still had fifty minutes of conversation right yep. there. Great. We're great. moving on to the possible Hawks 76ers discussing a Teague and Noel deal. We talked about Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor possibly being traded by the 76ers last week. If you missed that, check it out last week. But we are talking specifically about the Teague and Noel trade, the possibility of Noel going to Atlanta and and the possibility of Teague going to Philadelphia. This mainly works because Noel uh, is going to Atlanta, who possibly can lose Horford and Millsap, you know, trying to build up their youth in the backcourt. And Teague works because the 76ers need a point guard. And if they can't find one in the draft, Teague is already an established point guard. He's a former All-Star. So, I mean, I think it works out in just the sense that both teams are benefiting. But do you think this trade actually happens? And do you think this trade trade makes sense logically? I think it has all the potential to happen because... Both teams have that safety net. You know, the Hawks are giving up Teague, but they have Schroeder. The 76ers are giving up Noel, but they've got multiple bigs behind him. So they're, neither one of them is giving up an essential piece to their future. They both get a, a need that they instantly improve on. So it really comes down to the fact of, all right, how much more does, you know, the 76ers value Noel than the Hawks value Teague? Do we have to throw in some late picks for that? You know, both teams have later first round picks. They have seconds, whatever it comes down to. There is definitely potential here to make this work. The teams have the right pieces to get things done. It's just going to come down to, you know, is the value right? From the front office. The thing with Noel, I mean, a, we've seen him be in a, a kind of a, not a star position, because, I mean, no one on the 76ers has been a star, but a, a go-to guy in his first year when he played for the 76ers. He was the guy in, in Philadelphia because there was no one else on that team. Right. And he didn't really succeed, but didn't do terribly. I think he I think he was around a 10, 10, and one and a half blocks player. Yeah. So, I mean, Noel can be a good focal point for your team and I think Teague can be a focal point none of these guys are stars none of these guys are going to be franchise changers but I think these guys can be good pieces and good pieces in your starting lineup I think that works well just from a logistical way of you know Teague's going to help your team because you need help from the point guard position and Noel needs your helps your team because you're losing Horford and Millsap 
I think it works out. But really, again, it's more of what are you going to add? Because I think that the Sixers want a little more value than just Teague straight up because Noel is so young. And Noel really hasn't hit his full potential. And even though he does have injury problems before with his, his ACL, he still does have a lot of potential. Well, and my whole thing when I first saw this was, huh, I would, like in my mind, I totally would think the Sixers would rather go for a guy like Dennis Schroeder than try to get a Teague. And it's all about trying to be predicting to me what the conversation is. And here's what I think the conversation kind of went down. Okay, we kind of want Noel. Okay, well, we want Dennis Schroeder. Okay, we'll give us the first. Okay, we'll take Teague. That's how it went down. Because <laughs> the Hawks don't want to give up Schroeder. They think that he's the future. And to me, it would. this is the best for both teams. I mean, if you're with the Sixers, like I said, if I'm in the Sixers organization, I would want to try to get Schroeder more so than Teague. However, in order to get Schroeder, the Hawks may be asking for the first. Or you may have to say, well, fuck a Teague-Noel deal. It now has to become a Schroeder Okafor deal. No, I don't think Schroeder commands anywhere near that value point. No, no, I'm no, saying that the know. Hawks. That's what they. The Hawks. Yeah, would I, be I don't care. It, valuing in that high, where that's crazy. what it would have yeah, to turn I think, into. I think that's batshit crazy. I think because we can value them one way, and then the team values no, them you're a right. different uh, way. Oh, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I just think but, it's batshit crazy. No, <laughs> Schroeder, Schroeder and Teague have similar stats. They put up similar numbers. Um, Schroeder obviously it's just played the fact less that, minutes. Yeah, it's just the fact that Schroeder's 22. Teague is 27 mm-hmm. at the end of a contract. So, you know, I, I could see the value being there saying, okay, probably the 24 and um, I, I don't even know if they would, I don't even know if that would even be included. Maybe the 26, just, you're, you're going to have to toss in one of those late firsts, yeah. I feel, for that to work uh, if you want to go for more value. But no, it's just straight up Teague and Noel and then probably... Atlanta's going to have to give him something else to balance it out because while Teague is a known commodity, the upside for Noel overreaches above what Teague has done. So they're going to give him something. It's just a matter of what are the Hawks going to give them? Is it a player? Is it a pick? Honestly, I think, you know, with this new 76ers front office, they may be looking for a player. They may be going, Mm -hmm. we'll give you Noel if you give us Teague and... And it's that question of who's that guy that could toss in? Maybe you want a veteran. Maybe you throw in Kyle Korver. I mean, he's, he did not do that well last yeah, it, year. It's an off year for him. Yeah, and, I mean, and then you could, you know, the 76ers could come back and be like, all right, you can have Stauskas or something. Like, yeah, it, it's going to be end up trading bench players. But both teams feel like, hey, this is helping our cause. And like you said, these are pieces. They're not the go to guy, but they're going to help your team grow and they're going to get better. Do you think this trade happens? Yes or no, Ricky? Yes. The, <laughs> This is, to me, the best option of a trade is Noel and Teague because, you know what, the Hawks, this is something that, because this trade's going to happen before the draft or on draft night, so it's not going to be a, well, Horford left, we need to make this deal. Mm-hmm. So I think this deal gets done so that they can turn to Horford and say, we're trying to help this team out. Or it could be a complete opposite of Yeah, what, what if it's walk. just Horford? Just uh, walk. We now, don't care. Now the value is let's just get you out of here. Yeah, let's just get you out of here. And we just gave it because you gave away Teague. And, I mean, I know you have Schroeder, but really they could tell Horford. But, like, but now you have Schroeder and Nerland, so you've got a young mm-hmm. core starting. So maybe you get rid of Horford, you bring in somebody else. I'm not saying Horford's or, old, but or he's still got think, great value. Or do you think Horford's just going to walk anyway for a team that 
needs a big. I think he'll walk. I think he wants a big contract now. I think Atlanta's going to want to give him it. He'll get he'll paid. Yeah. He's going to get wined and dined first. Celtics. Do you think the Noel trade happens? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a buyer. I think this is it's a win-win trade. Both franchises get inherently better right off the bat. I don't see the downside. I think this is one of those ones where it's like, until you know somebody actually mentioned the names, like I mean, Nerlens could move, he, but like mm. I don't, I don't know a team who's going to pay up the right price. And this one just kind of smacked me in the face. So like, huh, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to just disagree with you guys just for the fuck of it. I think I, looking at this trade, I think it's good. I think it works well for both teams. But looking at it, I just think it's not going to happen because one team's going to overvalue one player and then they're not going to be able to work it out. I just think yeah. one team's just it's not. It's hard to get front offices to see eye to eye on value for players. I think one team's just going to be too stingy. And I don't think it's going to happen, whether it's on draft day, whether it's before the draft. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's, it's my personal opinion just because one team's going to overvalue one guy. And the one thing from this is from Philly.com. On top of this deal, the Sixers could add Nick Stauskas and or Robert Covington. There you go. Now we're going to wrap it up, this whole long podcast, with our man KD. Did you guys know he's a free agent this year? Dude, did not know. What? Did you know that the Spurs and Warriors are interested in him? Did you you know that there are 20 other teams that are getting individual podcasts? (laughs) What what will KD do to be on this team? Did you know the the Wizards are freeing up cap space to sign Kevin Durant because he's from Washington? And they, they signed his childhood coach to be on the team? Did you know that? Did you, Did you know? know that? No, I didn't know that. We're going to wrap this up <laughs> by talking about can KD win a title in OKC? Will he be able to win a title in OKC? What is he? I mean, the, for that question to, to stay true, he's going to have to stay. I mean, obviously, he has not won a title in OKC since he's been drafted by Seattle and they made the move uh, to o- o- OKC. Do you think that Kevin Durant will stay and then ultimately win a title? Because... To be to be one hundred percent honest, it's completely impressed me. It impressed me that they took that game to the, that series to seven and was up three one. Obviously, they had a huge collapse. Honestly, it doesn't surprise me because I was the one who called it in six, where it should have <laughs> ended in six. But holy shit, did they choke! And you know why? Because they have no killer instinct. KD is a nice guy. He's a fantastic <laughs> scorer, but by no means does he have that Kobe Jordan killer instinct. It's not there. They couldn't close the game. They made a bunch of stupid mistakes. They handed the ball over. Time after time after time again. This, this is the problem with KD. He is a like, he's a score, period. He mm-hmm. has length, which is phenomenal. You can abuse that over mm-hmm. anyone matchup-wise. Awesome. But he's not who's going to close out that game in that final five minutes. Russell Westbrook, who we were hoping, you know, he stepped up. Mm-hmm. Bonehead mistakes. I mean, just, just showing it over and over. So I don't, I don't buy it. And I'm glad you brought up the bonehead mistake part because... The one thing I'm thinking, and I'm thinking it more and more as I hear people talk about Katie, will he leave, will he stay? Honestly, Thunder fans, I think he does stay as of right now. However, I am going to say it that there is no way that Kevin Durant or the Thunder are going to win a title with him and Westbrook paired up together. I just don't think it happens. And for me, it comes down to Westbrook. Durant was not the one that lost that series. It was Westbrook that made the boneheaded mistakes late. Made oh, they, the turnover Are you here, kidding me? Do you see all turnovers? That was, okay. I'm talking about Durant, just Durant that, gave the ball over so many times, too. You can't put this I'm, on Westbrook. I'm talking about, for me and my point, just right at the end, I think it was either at the end of Game 6 or Game 7, when it was just Russell Westbrook trying to— because, and maybe you can play into, hey, maybe he's trying to get that killer instinct— because Durant doesn't have it. Yeah, I, I think just, he's forced to. I just don't think 
that Durant and Westbrook, if they stay together, they're going to be the John Stockton and Carl Malone of this NBA. Great players. We remember them for being great players, but never win a title. I actually like that. I'm going to agree with you twice. Twice in a show. Holy shit. Somebody. That was a pretty decent one. And they both lost Stockton Malone and then Durant and Westbrook both lost to the greatest player of that NBA's generation. People are going to hate on you there. Uh, just, just don't make too many. LeBron? LeBron's not the best of the generation. Oh, my bad. Uh, I, the I, I mean, in game. the finals. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. I was my like, bad. wait, wait a second. My I was bad. Complimenting <laughs> LeBron. I thought you meant this year. I thought you meant no. this year. My bad. Well, my bad. Yeah. Well, now nah, like, different eras, man. See, different with, eras. With KD, I don't think he's going to win a title with OKC because I think he's going to be gone in 2017. I think he's going to sign a one-year contract. I think he's going to be get that cash, staying with OKC for one more year, and I think I'm gonna they're th- not going to win it next year. And I think he's going to be gone from OKC. I'm going to throw one out though, and I heard this on PTI Wilbon. Do it. Kind of threw it out there, dude. What about the Clippers? Yeah, they would have to get rid of Blake Griffin, but I'd be fine with that. Like to me, yeah, I think I, I, we we talked Blake Griffin, I you know, traveling out because like, uh, they had a pretty good performance without him earlier this year, if you remember right. Yeah, and uh, what do the, what do the Clippers need? Oh, a small forward. Well, and I heard it, and I'm like, holy shit, he's right. I mean, because CP3, totally different point guard than Russell Westbrook. That's the point guard Katie needs, not the point guard that Russell Westbrook is. Yeah, to find him when he's open. Yeah. I think I. I I don't think it's going to happen with the Clippers. Just for, for I just don't think. No, I don't but see as far as, as the Clippers, that, that'd be an interesting one. Oh, fit wise, that's fucking phenomenal. I mean, you have DeAndre Jordan who could jump out of the goddamn building. Still you got you, JJ. Yeah, you can yep. just leave him down low. JJ can be a deadly shooter. I mean, that's what that spacing that, is disgusting. That's what OKC was. I mean, was lacking. I mean, Deion Waiters weirdly stepped up, which I mean, it's <laughs> like, fucking weird. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, Deion Waiters and Jr. switched spots. I feel like. Yeah, like, that, that was fucking weird right there. But I mean, I still, you know, their big problem was was wing players, at least from a shooting guard standpoint, you got a guy in J.J. Redick who's shooting above 45% from three. That's a guy you want out there. You have Chris Paul, who can be a great facilitator, who could even score. I mean, yeah, obviously, he, he's, he's still a good points. I mean, I look at this, I look at that, and I think that's a great fit. I mean, if they could somehow keep Blake Griffin and have a lineup of Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan, that's a fucking all-star team right there. Yeah, it is. I mean, outside of mm-hmm. J.J. Redick, who probably wouldn't be on the all-star team in no. the Western Conference, that's a goddamn all-star team. I mean, if that happens... That's the fucking next big four, but I don't think it's going to happen just because I don't... Cash. Yeah, cash and just just exactly like... I, I just don't see it happening, but if that happened, I mean, yeah, fucking, that's a phenomenal fit. But it, there's also a lot of teams where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, I don't think KD would fit there. Well, you know, the I don't one, think what team would, would The one KD. thing I'm going to throw out, and just for you guys to answer, because this is one of the questions that I heard on the numerous sports, like every single sports talk radio. Do you listen, listen to, to sports talk radio? All the time. Really? All the time. I didn't, he's never mentioned no, it. Now, can we get a quote from Colin Cowherd this week too? Because I feel like no, we haven't heard one yet. Have you listened to, quote do you listen Colin to Dan Cowherd Patrick? Yet. I love DP. Or what about love the DP Wadi show. and Silva? So, Sylvie. Wadi and Sylvie is good. I like can, it. Can you I, wait for the Bill Simmons show? Crosstalk's my best. Dude, can't wait for that Bill Simmons. The Bill Simmons show. Can't wait. Any given Wednesday. He actually just wrote up about KD. But anyways. I'm going to throw this question out there, and it was it hit me because I'm like, holy shit, that's the reason why I hate LeBron. Do we, let's say KD leaves OKC this season, mm-hmm. are we obligated to hate him because we hated LeBron for leaving no, Cleveland? we no. hated LeBron for leaving Cleveland because he was an asshole when he left. You don't do the decision. You fucking just don't. That's how you kill 
Like all your popular, I'm gonna take my talents, my, like my talents. Going. That's take how you my throw in Goodwill. Kevin Durant is a super likable guy. He's super nice. Like even he doesn't like the media, but he does. You know, they still like him. Mm-hmm. And I, my question is, I don't clearly, clearly remember the, the talk though. But when LeBron was gonna become a free agent that year, was there talks of him going to Miami like during the season? Because with KD, there's talks. About no, there him. was. It was down to five teams. The Bulls were weirdly in it, but you yeah. never thought they were. I still oh, watched like we, we were. We I still watched like we were, and I was so angry when he said that he was going to South Beach. But really, it was like it was kind of like mellow. Like, oh, there's five teams, and then I'm going to choose at the decision. Yeah. See, with, with with KD though, I mean, there's been talks that the Wizards are involved, the Celtics are involved. Like, there's been there's been talks of him going. There was so I don't some think people team, would be too surprised, and obviously, he wouldn't be doing the decision again. Well, there was a some PR team. Fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I I can't remember what team it was, but they were talking also that I guess during the Western Conference Finals. He was talking to another team about the potential free agency, and they were all talking like, oh, is that him? Like, is that basically, this is what I heard on Cowherd. See, uh, I knew it. He basically said, well, you brought up Cowherd. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he did talk about that. And they brought up the discussion of, is that fair? Because is that like cheating on your girlfriend? Which to him would have been okay. You have to watch out for that tampering charges because teams in the NBA do go after people for that. They are salty as shit, and it is within their legal rights. I mean, I don't think KD's going to win a title in OKC, but one question, I have, I have two more questions and we'll wrap this up. Mm-hmm. If they did not make the James Harden move, and they, that, would, that would mean they were, there would be no Steven Adams, and we've seen that James Harden could be a finisher at least at the end of games. Yeah, we have. Do you think that if they had James Harden and they had a, a pairing of, and that somehow they made the contracts worth, they had a pairing of Russell Westbrook, KD, and James Harden, would they win a title? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Yeah. Same time. No. Different. Well, yeah. the reason yeah. why is I see. Okay, think about <laughs> think about the next two great teams that went to the finals after that Heat Thunder. Yeah. The Spurs. Are you going to say the Thunder can beat the Spurs? Okay, maybe I may give it to you, but then you got to play Miami again, and you didn't beat them the first time. You're not going to beat them the second. But they got better. Time. They, they kept getting better. And That's it, the thing. Miami players. I still think were that, that Miami team would have rolled. Would have rolled the thunder like Jordan did to the Jazz. No, I completely twice. disagree with you on that. Look at this year. You have James Harden who's averaging over twenty five points a game. You have KD who's playing his mind out. You have Russell Westbrook who's a fucking triple double monster. You don't think that team could beat the Warriors and couldn't beat the Cavs? No, I'm talking about at the time. <laughs> no, at the he's time, talking about, I'm talking this. I'm talking like they have this oh, going. This, he's he's talking year, about the. Uh, the I'm this trade that never happened. James no, no, Harden. They're never. He, yeah, no, Harden but here, never leaves. Here's what you got to think about when that happens is. Here's what's going on in my head. Okay, I'll give you this. Maybe the Thunder could beat the Spurs. They go to the finals. Well, the Spurs never go to the finals, but the Heat are in the finals with LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. They could have three-peated against this Thunder team. Then LeBron never leaves Miami, and they're continuing to win titles. I don't titles. think they would have three-peated over I think they would have three-peated. Really? Harden, Harden was a second in MVP voting last year. I mean, that's how, that's how good I, that he was. That big three team would have and, and three Literally, he got snubbed this year for question mark reasons. Like, nobody understands how he didn't make an all-NBA team. He put up numbers that only, like, four greats have ever done Jordan, before in his life. Magic, something fucking stupid like that. Like so, it's, some some just Joe Schmoes off the street, I, I think much. they're all in the top 50 NBA great players uh, of all top, time. Top 20. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's something the group. stupid like that. Uh, yeah, no, James Harden has uh, developed, and he has that killer instinct that they've been trying to get back, and they definitely are kicking the shit out of themselves for that. But 
the thing is, would you would you think they would be, even be you know competitive with this Warriors team? Because the thing that oh, beat the, the thing that beat the Warriors this time was the Twin Towers. It was right. it was Adams but, and Cancer, and they would here, not have Adams at that time. And but here's probably, the thing I think cancer. about is if this happens, it kind of has that rippling time effect. Mm-hmm. How would this move them not trading that affect? For me, it's affecting LeBron in Miami because let's just say that the Thunder did go and the Heat won three. Fuck that. LeBron's not going back to Cleveland. He's staying in Miami, and that changes the whole dynamic of the entire league because Cleveland ain't who they are today. Miami's still as good as they were when they had the big three. The only thing you have to think about by now, if we're talking this season, then yes, by this year, the Thunder would have been able to beat the Heat because because of a just and nothing that Chris Bosh could control, he wouldn't be on the court. All That's you, why. All you and the big K- three would be the big You're two. You're ridiculous. All you 2K kids who do like, 2K, what if? What I want you to do is turn injuries off, trade uh, James Harden to the Thunder, and just sim a season, see if they win the NBA Finals, and tweet it at us, at Most Valuable Pods, see if they win, would win the Finals. I want to know. Fuck it, I'll do it this weekend. Yeah, Thank we'll, you. Let's, Thank let's, you. Let's, let's, that's let's ridiculous. Get, let's get some people in. Final question here is, the weirdest. What would be the weirdest fit for KD that you would actually could see it would happen? Because we could think he's going to stay with OKC. Fit. Weird uh, fit. Because I think the Clippers for me was the weird fit. I, 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 lo- I love it, the fit. It's a weird fit. The the, the ultimate can it be weirdest a weird thing, weird fit, but it probably won't happen. But it might. Yeah, mine's going to be the Utah Jazz because it would be weird seeing him in a Utah Jazz. Jersey. I I'm going to go kind of crazy out there and. The Warriors. What if the Warriors made a push for him? We already talked about that. Check yeah, out our. What uh, if, what if, what KD if would like, to that the would be like the, that would be the weirdest? What the fuck? Like they're gonna like if they win it this year, then fuck it. They're three peating. Yeah, they got KD. You have the best scorer, Draymond, the two best shooters, Draymond the Slash yeah, Brother, that, that just, Slash yeah. Brothers, and KD. That's just not fair. Yeah, that's and just not fair. Maybe that bench of fucking Leandro Barbosa. You know, you know, you know what would be even worse though? What if he went to the Spurs? We have the same discussion like we did when LaMarcus Aldridge went to the Spurs, and then they lose in the second round. No. No, clearly it's the 76ers, guys. I don't know how you guys are all missing this. They've got all the money in the world to spend, and they've got all this young talent. You put Kevin Durant in there. It's a perfect fit. I didn't say a fit that was actually going to happen. I just said, I, I said the fucking Utah Jazz because we were seeing him in the Jazz. You know what? You know what? <laughs> that was my reason. If, if we're going to do nothing that's going to happen, then I'm just going to say the Bulls because we never get free I knew that was going to happen. We never get free All right, we're free done. Agents. We're done. Welcome to the Fast Break Podcast. Well, Ricky and Dave do not agree at the same time. Where Ricky only talks about the Bulls and how the Bulls can benefit, and, and how much he misses. Tibbs. I'm a Bulls yep. fan. I mean, I don't know how you guys don't get that by now. No, you're a Celtics fan. That's what people think. No, I'm a Bulls fan. No, you're a Celtics fan. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fun one. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Schwerbo. Joining me was Ricky Widmer. You can follow on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. You can follow Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore don't underscore tweet. And then you can also follow Most Valuable Podcast on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. We're also on Snapchat. You can follow us at Most Valuable Pod. We'll even follow you back. We'll even look at your stories if you want us to. You can even find us on Facebook, MVP Sports Network. And you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Most Valuable Podcast. And just one final thing before we do close this out. I just do want to pass on condolences to the great Muhammad Ali who did pass away yesterday. Uh, you know, huge influence in the cultural world and the sporting world. One of the greatest, bo- the greatest boxers 
of all time and you know paved the way for boxing's future and paved the way for MMA future. I know we do not cover those sports, but uh, I've been getting into MMA recently and, and and seeing the fighting sport and seeing you know the the influence that he's had on people like Conor McGregor and John Jones. I mean, he basically invented trash talking. We probably wouldn't have you know these great fights and these great you know buildups to fights. Might not without have Muhammad Reggie Ali. Miller without him. Exactly. We might have great players like uh, Reggie Miller. We might ha- have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar you know changing because of his beliefs of the Vietnam War. I mean, we, we've we've seen his effect on the sporting world, and you know Muhammad Ali, uh, a great boxer, a great person, and we just do want to pass on our condolences. Muhammad Ali passing at the age of 74 on June 3rd. So this is going to wrap up this week's episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.